Uh, hey everybody, this is Sean. I'm here with my friend Jesse, and you're listening to the MPC cast. Hello, everyone. Uh, we're gonna just this is our uh, inaugural show, and we're, what we're gonna do here is talk about video games, both retro and new school, current and old gen systems. Um, we're gonna talk about collecting a little bit. We're gonna talk about playing games, our play styles, our our lifestyles as far as um, gaming in general, and uh, we're. I guess we'll just start with our histories as far as gaming. Uh, I had an Atari 2600 in my home growing up, but uh, it really didn't mean anything to me uh, when I was a kid. It, it was just another toy that I never played with. But I remember uh, when I was in like kindergarten, the first time I saw Super Mario Brothers uh, played on an NES, and I'll, I'll never forget that day. And uh, it was at a friend's house, and from then I was hooked. I, I talked my father into buying a, a NES for the family. I remember, you know, going to Sears to get it after I talked him into getting it. I remember playing uh, Duck Hunt constantly. The one thing is we we never had really good games. Our selection of of games was kind of poor. Uh, we we had you know the Mario Duck Hunt, and um, we had Dragon Warrior, which we got with our subscription to Nintendo yeah. Power and that was the last uh, RPG I played for almost the rest of my life but we'll get into that later mm -hmm. um, but yeah I had games like Alpha Mission which is a good game but the NES port is terrible yeah. Athena uh, I had Athena um, I just had a bunch of crappy games so most of the games that were good that I played uh, you know I borrowed from people or you know heard about from Jesse or uh, you know, whatever. But uh, so then uh, after NES, I had a Super Nintendo, and then I had a, a, a few good games on that. I, I know I had uh, Mario Kart, um, but again, I was you know more into just the platformers and the goofy kind of games. Then moved on to uh, PlayStation One. Again, just crappy games. I, I know I had uh, I had Mech Warrior too, which isn't that bad. Uh, but I had uh, Time Commando, which is one of the worst games ever. It's just completely unplayable. But uh, that that uh, PS One is where I first fell in love with Metal Gear. Uh, obviously, Metal Gear Solid, and that game just changed my life as like a gamer and and what I thought of. That's where I remember you getting more serious, like. Again, like a lot of people have those lapses, and I yeah. feel like like Super Nintendo. We would like when I went to your house, we would play all the time. But I don't remember you like saying, "Oh, I sat down all Saturday and I was playing Super Mario World by myself or like playing around." Like it was always a part of what we did, but not. I didn't feel like for you. Yeah, exactly. You didn't play like it all I, time. like back then, it was still again like it was the more like disposable kind of time wasters like right. NBA Jam and Mario Kart and those kind of games. <laughs> but yeah, Metal Gear Solid, and somebody let me borrow it, and it, it was just like it's such an amazing experience, and still a game that I say it holds up. I, I mean, I could still just play through that game on you know any given weekend, and it it was the first modern game that I played from start to finish, and. Uh, Man, like, it didn't turn me into the gamer that I am today. Like, that took a much longer time, but that really made me see, like, the potential and, uh, you know, where where the technology was going. 
That so, was the first game you kind of, not introduced me to, but the first one I think you knew more than I. Like, I remember <laughs> going over to your house for a sleepover, and it was like, I got this game, Metal Gear Solid, and I think you had beaten it. So I remember it was like, we're gonna, it's only five hours, we're going to finish right. it. And then we tried, we didn't get through the whole thing, but it was sort of like, I really had not played it yet. I didn't really follow the enthusiast press, so I didn't know about it until I had seen it at your house. Right, and of course there's all the cool things you can do, like all the Easter eggs and stuff. We'd never seen that kind of stuff in right. games before either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was PlayStation for me. Then I, I ended up with a Dreamcast that I bought off of a friend at school, and that was it as far as like when I lived with my parents. When I, when I was on my own, the next thing I had was a PlayStation 2. And I, I to this day, PlayStation 2 is my favorite system. I, I remember when a friend of ours had, uh, when they first got a PS2, when they had Madden 01 and they had the Grand Theft Auto 3. And that both those games just blew my mind. So, uh, you know, ended up with a PS2. And that's the, the system that dominates my collection right now i have about 200 ps2 games um and i just love that the system like they're still putting out games for it to this day it's had like an amazing you know one of you know the longest life cycle ever for a console yeah so it's just so uh it's cool it's versatile it's an awesome system um and then after that, I, I wasn't, like, I remember being kind of into PS2 when I got it and having a bunch of games, and then I went through one of these things, like, oh, these video games, this kid stuff, I'm, I'm not doing this yeah. anymore, and I had, like, a small collection, I got rid of it, then I ended up buying an Xbox, and, like, the, my memory of all that kind of time is a little murky, but, uh, to move the story along here, like, I ended up, uh, I had an Xbox, and when I met my wife, she had a PS2, so that was kind of what we had, which was pretty cool, and she came, she had uh, some games that I didn't realize were somewhat valuable at the time, but she had the original Silent Hill and Tomba for PS1 <laughs> when I met her, and they're both in great condition, hmm. so those are nice uh, pieces that I have, but... Uh, what really set me off on the collecting thing was uh, I have a coworker named Doris, and I'm going to mention her many, many times throughout this podcast because uh, she is a uh, like an amateur book reseller, I guess you could say. She does a lot of eBaying with books and jewelry and shit, and she uh, garage sales constantly. I get so much stuff from her but what what started me off was i just like mentioned offhandedly in the office one time that oh i i would love to play a sega genesis again like it's been so long so then like my birthday was like a couple weeks later and she gave me this like it was like a sega genesis with a bunch of games and the games weren't anything like collectible or rare or valuable but there was like sonic one and two in there and mm -hmm. that's all you need you know so uh that's what got me start. I just I had the I had the urge again. Right. You know? So since then I've I've been collecting, uh, and I have a vow I'm never getting rid of anything again because I no. obviously I have seller's remorse <laughs> from all that stuff. You know I used to have a box Atari Jaguar, a ton of boxed games. You know that I just got rid of because, you know why do I need this goofy stuff? But now that's you know, now I'm. Um, pushing a thousand pieces total and uh new stuff coming in all the time we're going to talk about how uh 
how we go about getting our uh, games and what cool things we see in the wild and what cool things we pick up. Mm -hmm. So that's that's about it for me. I mean, I could fill in more details later as we talk about our histories, but yeah. Well, I think mine. A lot of mine is is sort of the same. It starts out the same. Um, I started with an Atari, and even before that, I had a couple like Radio Shack computers. Um, my family, even my extended family, was always sort of interested in video games. So even like going to my grandmother's house, we would sit around and play um, like four-player Warlords on the Atari 2600 or like sit around at a single-player game and take turns. Um, and my father was always interested uh, in video games. And there were months where I would lose my Nintendo because Tetris came out or Dr. Mario came <laughs> out. And um, uh, so... It's always been in my family, in my life, um, not serious in to say it's been serious, but I have always been avid about it forever. Like it's always been my main like way to have fun. I've yeah. always had it. There wasn't like I was saying, a lot of people have these times where like, oh, in college, they kind of stopped doing it. That wasn't the case. Like I had been doing it forever. I never stopped. Um, I haven't owned all systems, in fact, not that I was a Nintendo person, but it just so happened that I only had Nintendo systems, so I never owned a Genesis. Um, I did get a PlayStation, but uh, and a Dreamcast secondhand. I think that was the first, I feel like, system where like eBay was kind of big, and yeah. that was the first yeah. time I remember like I got the system and like 10 games for $150, and I thought it was like incredible. It's funny, I actually kind of associate Dreamcast with eBay too, not only for the timeline, but because, uh, you know, I, I remember getting a lot of stuff and then selling a lot of stuff on eBay. That right, yeah, really that's right. That's where you bought and sold Dreamcast systems. Right. You've probably <laughs> owned more than I ever have known anyone to own. Um, where I probably differ the most from Sean is I was always a PC gamer also, um, depending on how good of a rig I had at the time, but I, I probably have played most of the big name PC games, um, and that's something I'm kind of getting back into now. Uh, so a lot of my memories are in front of the computer as well. Uh, we're going to go into it a little bit more later, but pr my probably my most vivid best video game memory of all time is Civilization 1 was one of the first games we had on our computer. Oh, um, yeah. And I think I actually introduced it to all of our friends and yeah, like people yeah. that weren't really interested, like not for, but like Tom Rossi loved mm. Civilization 1. You would never think this kid would like, you know, he played Street Fighter and that was it. But right. that was like this weird, everyone played it that, that we knew. Um, and like even we had like memes about it even when we were kids like singing the stupid intro yeah, songs yes, for exactly. the Russian and the... <laughs> so uh, my father loved it and I loved it so we would play it a lot I mean we would just sit next to each other and play it and I'll never forget we were so addicted to it that one night I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning and I went into the computer room just to see and my father was sitting in front of the computer and I just pulled up a chair and sat down next to him. He just looked at me, didn't say a word, and we just like played. And this was like three, you know, three o'clock in the morning and we were probably, I was in grammar school at the time. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember Civ, I mean, obviously that's one of the, that's another one of the, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about that. I always think of like Metal Gear and Mass Effect as like the games that like kind of, ch you know, changed my life or whatever, but like, yeah, Civ, definitely. I, I. I totally wasn't thinking about that because I don't. Con I do not, like you said, consider myself a PC gamer. Right. Like I, I think of a few of the games from that time, like when our family got our first computer, 
which would be like Civ, uh, Escape from Monkey Island. I was going to say, the cool thing, your father was big on technology and like he got the CD-ROM when it had literally first come out and i don't when loom came out your dad got loom and that was the first game that had any kind of voice real voice yeah that's right Um, that's right that was a cool game i never finished that i remember we finished monkey island which was like (laughs) that was kind of cool because like that was a thing in my family like trying to solve the puzzles like trying to solve one puzzle for like four days like how the hell do we get you know yeah i remember the one with the 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 mug that keeps melting right right and it's like how do i get the grog to the lock to burn it yeah the mug keeps melting yeah and it took us like a week to figure out that you just have to combine it like pour it into another mug and keep going yeah but uh yeah i remember shit like that like it being a whole family affair yeah yeah but yeah after that pc like just not wasn't really a yeah. thing and me. not today either you don't do anything no today, not no. really at all uh my wife likes the sims she plays all mm-hmm. the sims games like you know up to date she gets all the add-ons when they come out but yeah it's just not my uh yeah um so i pretty much have been keeping up with everything i own all current gen systems and for the last i guess three generations have owned uh, since the nintendo 64 generation have owned every console and pretty much every handheld i don't have all the new ones but i have um owned all of them i guess at one time or another um i'm the opposite in terms of collecting i don't collect i pretty much get rid of every pretty much everything um when i'm finished with it i'll get rid of it for some reason i have a quirk like with role-playing games a lot of times i'll keep them because i always say i'll play them again or it's a good value if i'm ever bored i've never gone back mm-hmm. and finished them and i'm sure as a lot of people do i have a big stack of playstation 2 role-playing games that i say i will get to um i don't think i will um sean you talked about like buyers or seller's remorse and i don't really have it but like Growing up, I was always into role-playing games, so I wasn't even trying to, but I owned Earthbound with the big box and oh, Final yeah. Fantasy 3 and 2 <laughs> in the U.S. And, Chrono you know, Trigger, Chrono Trigger yeah. Robotrek, I mean, just about yeah. everything. And I didn't know that it had a value because I bought it, you know, I got it for Christmas or whatever, and I played it. And to right. me, um, when I first got into trading... I had no idea that they were worth anything. And it was sort of like, wait, this guy's going to give me five PlayStation 2 games for a Super Nintendo game? This guy is stupid. I mean, again, I'm not going to get any value out of it. And it's not like it's going to help me pay a bill. So I wouldn't have kept it anyway. But um, I've I've owned most of the really valuable things. Um, You might have held on to Earthbound if you knew. And maybe Final (laughs) Fantasy. I mean, like, uh, I have a pretty good PlayStation 1 collection just because I, again, bought it when they came out. So, I mean, I have the Sui Codens, the Tactics Ogres, um, Black Label Final Fantasy VII, but not through collecting, just because I happened to, when they came out, I liked uh, role-playing games, and I bought them. Um, Yeah, and that's what's so cool about your collection. And, again, we'll get more into this later, like the differences. But, man, I I saw your stuff for the first time last a couple weeks ago and uh man like again it's not it's not a huge collection maybe you're pushing 200 pieces if that but every like every single one of them is noteworthy or you know right rare or you know there's something about it it's very uh it's a very special collection yeah yeah i mean they're all games that i love and do mean something um to me which is why i keep them but um i just don't i can't keep stuff to look at anymore um 
And I, I, I'm not against emulating kind of older stuff, you know, from a moral standpoint or whatever you want to say. So if I'm going to play something old, uh, right, that's right. usually where I'm going and again, to. I'm, I'm kind of dabbling in that now too. So we'll yeah. have to, uh, that's the topic for the next show. Actually, right. how it's uh, how that'll shape you as a collector. Yeah. Um, so you want to talk about some of the websites that we kind of are going to talk about? You know, as we go through this, we're going to probably be referencing some of these websites a lot. Uh, the, you know, the first thing I have on my list is Guzex, and if you want to just take that, because you're the one that introduced me to that. Story. Yeah, so Guzex, uh, I hate to say, maybe is on the way out, but this, this was a trading site that we used for uh, a couple years. It was a point-based system, so you basically had uh, a want and a have list, and the system would automatically match you up with someone who wanted what you had and each game had a point value so it didn't have to be a direct one-to-one -one trade so i could trade 10 100 point games which would be the cheapest and get a thousand point game which would be a 60 dollars game right, um right. i used it for since it basically started i'm still kind of using it whenever i can and i've gotten about i think 250 to 300 games off of that because um, yeah. I was able to kind of get them in, play them, and get them out again. So that's how um, I kind of funded, fueled my current gen um, habit. I think it should be mentioned too, I mean, this isn't going to be super, some things that we'll talk about will be very, very current, but neither of us really go out and buy $60 games, even if it's something I'm interested yeah, that's in. Absolutely a great um, point. I usually wait for it to be used or, you know, a mm -hmm. holiday or an excuse. But um, even though I'm playing every day of my life, it's, I'm not, I'm not, we're, neither of us are like, must have the new, latest, greatest. No, uh, hardly ever. Thing. And we're, we're going to talk about the last story. And that's the first game I've bought at retail in like a very long time. Yeah. It's just because I thought the pre order bonuses were pretty tantalizing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and Guzex, uh, from a collector standpoint, I've gotten some really good stuff on there. I got, uh, my, uh, Sonic Adventure 2 on Dreamcast, which was, uh, at the time a very low point value. And then, uh, one of the first things I got off there was, uh, I just wanted Shenmue because I was trying to rebuild my Dreamcast collection. And, uh, I got sent the, uh, limited edition in, like, perfect condition. So it was, uh... Pretty cool. I've got, again, some really uh, choice things off of there. Did it have the video? Oh, that was two. That had the movie in it to show you what one was all about. You know, it's funny. I just got about. that, like, last week. Yeah. So, yeah, now I have one and two. <laughs> now, the first one had that passport disc, and I think it had <laughs> yeah. a soundtrack. But, uh, Good yeah, luck. it was pretty neat. Good luck playing that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, all right, so next we have Cheap Ass Gamer. This is just um, not where I get all my information, but it's very uh, forum based but the users are actually intelligent and <laughs> nice to each other most of the time so it's right. a good source for information um, I used to do a lot of trading there I don't so much anymore but um, also just like the name cheap ass gamer it is a great source of 
games on sale, games cheap, things to look out for. Yeah, and absolutely. And what you can do, what I do, is um, you can actually subscribe uh, by email to certain threads in the forum. So I actually subscribe to the new deals mm. section. So every morning I have an email of all the new threads that have been posted in the uh, video game deals section. Cool. So that's uh, really cool. Like a lot of mornings I'm at work. Like, right, yeah. Logging on to Newegg to buy right. some game for $10. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's very useful. Which kind of leads to this Gamefly, which uh, a lot of times Cheap-Ass Gamer has it. But I think consistently once a month, but sometimes more, they will have a humongous right. sale. It's usually um, in the middle of the month. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least a dozen titles under ten dollars, right, and if you want to push it to seventeen dollars, there's probably fifty titles. Right. And it's a lot of shit that just like just came out. Yeah, like, I got Syndicate for seven ninety nine. Right, right. Um, and the cool thing about ordering from them is you get the the case, the manual, and the DLC are all brand new because they're in the business of renting out discs. Right. So when you they get, never send out the they don't manual send, no, or the you, case they just send it like netflix in a right. you know paper sleeves so yeah you you're right all the other stuff except for the disc is brand new so. uh, yeah i get a lot there as well yeah that's, um, and the price again i got syndicate for 7.99 i got uh i got catherine a couple months ago for like 12.99 oh yeah i missed that yeah like yeah. you were talking about space hulk like it was only a month or two after it came out i got space hulk for ten dollars or space marine space <laughs> space hulk we're space... not into saturn yeah no space hulk <laughs> is yes uh warhammer 40k game i played it originally on the pc which is the most unwieldy game okay. ever so that's why i say space hulk <laughs> space marine for for ten dollars there so all right why don't i take this next one uh this next site is uh, RPG Gamer, which is spelled R-P-G-A-M-E-R dot com. And uh, I really like this site. It's obviously focused on RPGs, and they have, um, they have, a, they have a staff review section, and they have uh, user reviews. And um, the, what, one of the things I like what they do with their reviews is they list the difficulties of the games and the lengths of the games. And uh, that, in my selection process, plays a big role right now. And I'll, I'll get into um, what I'm doing right now as far as how I choose games that I play and, and you know, how I play through games. But, uh, yeah, RPG Gamer, it's a good, good site for uh, just scoping out, especially, like, the more older and obscure stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, before I played Magic Knight Ray Earth, so it goes back, it has gone back and Yeah, yeah, all the retroly reviewed and all the stuff. brand new stuff. Yeah. Cool. So it's it's very uh, robust that way. Cool, cool. Um well just to go on that same sort of thing, how long to beat dot com, which is uh I guess it seems sort of superficial to say I sometimes pick my games by how long they are, but it's true. Sometimes I'll play, yeah. you know, a forty hour role playing game, you know, I'll finish up uh Skyrim and you know what I don't want to jump into uh you know I was going to play like Deus Ex actually after that and I found out it's like 25 hours long which oh, is wow. fine yeah. but I think I wanted something like a palate cleanser so I'll play 
you know, shorter uh, first-person shooter. So that's a, that's a cool website, howlongtobeat.com. Yeah, and that's all uh, user-submitted uh, times that people took. Have you, are you a member of that I site? don't submit because... I thought about doing it, actually, because again, like when I played Magic Knight Ray Earth, yeah. that's not on there. The more obscure stuff is not, is not on always on there. It's funny, I run a thread on Cheap Ass Gamer that was just that. It was, I was compiling all the um, ah. times, but then I found how long to be, and it's way better and easier to use. Um, but if it doesn't have, if it has a game clock, I'll kind of keep track, obviously keep tracker, but I'm not, yeah. you know, like sometimes I, I'll think it takes me, you know, five hours, but it's no, much longer. That's exactly what I do. Actually, I, I use my Gmail calendar and I write down what game I'm playing. Oh, every day. okay. And when I complete something, if there is a game clock, you'll just I'll write just it. write it. What I that want. makes sense. I just don't always have, think of it when I finish. So right, I don't bother. Right. But, but yeah, I use that all. And actually it's cool because it's broken down by like just finishing the main game mm -hmm. takes this long completionist. I mean, right. I think the, speed runs which yeah is kind of funny i think the longer it gets the more wrong not wrong but like when you say completionist yeah, well right. in assassin's creed one it may take me 50 hours to get 100 flags and you 20 but right. for main story i find it's pretty dead on all right enough about that okay <laughs> all right um I'm going to take Racket Boy because that's one of my favorite websites. That's uh, RacketBoy.com. It's it's a it's a retro gaming site, but it's it's really clean. It's set up nicely. That one of the, my favorite things on there is the guides that they write. As far as like, it, there is like a collecting aspect because they talk about like rare and valuable games. But one of my favorite things on there, and one of the things that really fueled my uh, PS2 collecting specifically, is that they have guides to the hidden gems of all the systems yeah and i'm real like that's my bread and butter like i love triple a titles i love the you know the god of wars and you know all those other games but you know like i i discovered some of my more favorite uh like raw danger and uh you know disaster report thanks to racket boy yeah especially if you're going back to like on an older console yeah you yeah. some things don't hold up like i'll even like goldeneye for instance mm. yeah i loved it and i played a ton of it but it's hard to play now but you sometimes uh they have a good what still holds up what's worth playing exactly today which i think sometimes is more valid unless you're doing you're really taking sort of a history or trying to look at the significance mm -hmm. of something. And they all, it's worth mentioning, they also have forum, forums there, and they also have a podcast, which uh, somewhat inspired this one. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Rackable. Yep. Thank you. Um, Digipress is a similar... Well, not similar. Uh, Digipress is, is a great source for collectors. Um, they have an online rarity guide, which I think is one of the only of its kind and really kind of comprehensive. And, and it has every game I've ever looked for. Um, it kind of tells you what it's worth. Loose card, full manual. Um, it has a little bit of a history about everything, um, which is pretty cool. And, uh, and they have a great store in New Jersey, which is close to us, that is kind of a real toy store toy store for anyone who is into retro stuff um yeah. it's easy to go and buy a lot of crap that's just crap just because it's like <laughs> oh man highlight for 50 cents like let me go you know pick it up but um that's a cool website yeah uh next we have retrowaretv.com it's just as another kind of like racket boy but it's uh obviously more focused on videos these two guys that run the site um they're specifically like into doing high value productions as far as like retrospectives on certain series that they liked growing up or reviews. And there's a whole bunch of um, different series. They have tons of people contributing. 
And uh, again, they have a podcast on there that partially inspired this one. Mm -hmm. You have this next one too? Oh yeah, and rfgeneration.com. This is a site that I'm really into right now. Again, discovered it because they have a podcast, um, which is, this is for the collectors. This is all about finding those games out in the wild, you know, these, the people on this site are trying to put together like complete NES collections or complete uh, N64 collections and you know it's funny we talked we talked a little bit about it like trading on forums like these guys have like extras they have dupes of copies of games that are like you know a holy grails to me you right, know what I right, mean that right, they're like right. trading yeah. you know like that they're really hardcore and it's uh but I just started uh, posting on the forums. They actually have like, um, they have a section called trophies from the hunt. So oh, if you that's found something cool. really yeah, good, yeah. you could put a picture. But they also have like, they have a small scores thread. So if you're at a garage sale and you got a copy of Mega Man, you can just take a picture of yeah. it and put it up there. That's and cool though. You know, and they appreciate and, it because they know kind of absolutely. finding it. And as collectors know, finding it as a, as fun as owning it i don't know how many collectors play their stuff but to know yeah. you know oh i was at someone's house and i wasn't going to go to the garage sale and i did and there yeah. was that copy of whatever sitting there yeah. um all right cool um oh yeah oh yeah you have one throw more. in new egg um they again new egg is a mainly a computer and computer parts retailer online but they sometimes have like just really good prices on new software, you know, games. Like I just got the Castlevania Lords of Shadow for ten bucks. I got El Shaddai for ten bucks. Hmm. I got I uh, Tales of Vesperia was on sale a couple times for fifteen bucks. Yeah. Picked up a couple copies of them. So yeah, they're they're a good site to keep an eye on too. Uh, you know, for for cheap new stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, just thought it was worth mentioning then. Sure. All right, so you want to move on, and this is the part I think every podcast has, but why not, which is the sort of what you've been playing section. Sure. Um, You can kick it off if you want, Sean. Yeah, I, I, all last, well, you know what, really, like, I, I should probably explain what I'm doing right now. Like, my play style this year, like, starting, I guess you can call it my New Year's resolutions for gaming, was to uh, uh, play one game at a time, finish every game that I start, and play games more than I shop for them. So, you know, not just hoarding games and collecting for the sake of collecting, trying to mesh the world of being a gamer and being a collector, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh... Which is how I usually do play. Like, I will almost never play two games at a time. Yeah, dude, definitely. Like, I totally picked it up from you, you know um, what I mean? So, uh... That's what, like, it's kind of started in earnest around January, but it was really in February. Like, if I go from February to February, and if we're still doing this podcast by then, we could do, I want to do, like, a really cool, like, just looking back. How many like, How many games did I play from this system? And, yeah, you yeah. Know, what was the best one? What was the worst one? So, uh, so last week I played uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth on Sega Saturn, and in our next episode we're going to do a whole Sega Saturn thing. 
but uh, it was just like a, a cute little uh, RPG, an action RPG. Top it's 2D. Down. Oh, it's top. It's it's like 2D. Yeah, it's 2D. It's, it's not like, side scrolling, is it? No, it's top down. It's it's like, like Link to a Past. Okay. Link to the Past. Um, it's based on the Magic Knight Ray Earth anime, which is also pretty cool. And which I'm finding a lot of this is a lot of Saturn, Saturn stuff because I just kind of dipped my toe into it. And Burning Rangers was the same yeah, way. Yeah, Burning Rangers. Um, or was it I'm just the Japanese-ness think. of the system? Yeah, well, again, I don't want to screw the pooch on the yeah, next yeah. show. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. It just seems like all the ones that you hear about are, are very anime-inspired yeah. anyway. But it, yeah, well, this one is, again, directly based off an anime. I thought it was a pretty good game. I got to a point probably in the third act that I was just like, I actually got a walkthrough because I was getting frustrated with the, uh, basically it's a linear progression of, town dungeon boss town dungeon boss and is it not... zelda e in that it's uh puzzle the dungeons are they puzzle oriented or you more know, it's funny there there's some some puzzle here and there and then there's one dungeon that's all puzzles with oh. hardly any enemies okay and then the rest are just normal right. again so it was kind of weird that way like that they didn't space them out yeah and then what's the character progression like you kill things and you get experience and then you just get stronger like a jrpg you actually don't get xp for um for fighting enemies so there's no level grinding in mm-hmm. that sense you're weapons level up based on like major story events oh so it's an easy game so it is more really zelda like zelda is an yeah, comparison exactly. it's more i mean it's rpg-ish but adventure action adventure exactly as the old nintendo what made it rpg-ish is going you have to go to a town and talk to every single person but are you buying stuff or not even you necessarily? can buy stuff yeah, yeah. you oh, get okay. like gems for fighting right um right. and the um the, the thing that was frustrating me was I'd go to a town and it's like, okay, talk to everybody, then talk to this person, then talk to this person in a specific order. Oh. And it's never, like, I've encountered some of that stuff in, like, Sui Coden, but yeah. it's, it's never, like, so mysterious. Like, in Sui Coden, it's like, go to this town and talk to this right. person and he'll do this. Or sometimes us. you just talk to everyone once and then that's it. Right, it's not exactly. like if they order. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, that's... Uh, the game totally redeemed itself with the amazingness of the uh, final bosses. And I don't want to, well, I, I don't care. Nobody's going to play this game. Uh, for, for me <laughs> right, to spoil I think it. it's not a spoiler. But the game, the, the last two final, the last two bosses you fight in uh, like a vertical sh- shooter oh, really? style. And, um, you know, it's based on an anime. So surprise, your characters turn into robots at the end. But um, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but the final boss was one of those things where like, I died, and, and then it's like, okay, I can do this. And then I died, and it's like, all right, let me add him. Like, oh, which I is not like, in role-playing probably... game to me. There's been plenty where I got to the last boss, and it's like, I'm not going to go grind. I'll just yeah, watch no, the no, thing no. on YouTube, ending this on YouTube. Thing, again, because it was like it's like a shooter. It's not, like, right. forget it's an RPG at all. That's funny. But, like... By the fifteenth or sixteenth time, it's I. It was like zero frustration. Right. It was amazing. Huh. And I was like, "All right, let me do it again. I can do it. I can cool. do it." It's so much to the point that when I finally had the credits roll, I just rebooted the game and did it again because huh. it was so much fun. And it's cartoony graphics, sort yep, of like yep. Zelda style and yeah, really it's bright like, and colorful. Almost like a souped-up sixteen-bit uh, game, okay. kind of like Sui Coden. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a little more cartoony than that. Oh, cool. So anyway, yeah. So that's how I spent last week and now last night i started fable three 
Oh, which is on my very short list. Yeah, I figured that you'd probably end up playing that soon, so I'll just oh. play it. Oh, we well, I'm looking, I'm on to my next thing, which I haven't started yet, so maybe that's what I can play next. Okay. Um, if you want to just go tit for tat here, I uh, I played, I got um, Rayman Origins, and I played through that recently. Now, I have never played a Rayman game ever, okay. uh, except for Rayman, Rayman raving rabbits on it which doesn't count um and i was immediately drawn to the art style of this game because if you've seen it it looks beautiful it yeah, really looks, pretty good. looks I mean, like a cartoon yeah. um i didn't play you know i picked it off off of uh gamefly so i had yeah. to test it i played it for about a minute and it does look beautiful yeah hand drawn i mean again looks like a cartoon hand drawn animated really well um completely 2d completely 2d platforming um but like perfection you know like it's kind of had the time there's nothing annoying about it um the collect so um there's about i think 10 worlds like four levels to each world um each world has uh, i would say a gimmick but not necessarily a gimmick but like one world you learn to run up the walls one world you get bigger or smaller um you get like a propeller head so you can float like the princess and mario too so okay. you kind of build these skills as it's going on um, and the levels themselves none of them are really too frustrating but there's collectibles like all all platformers so if you want to go back you can collect a certain amount of what's called lums which are like coins and if you get right. a certain amount then you get another stamp on your thing for that particular level um just charming i mean the music is almost corny but in this game it works fine like it's all ukulele or a lot of the theme is like ukulele and like the lums have like this cutesy voice and like they sing in like barbershop quartet and like describing it it probably sounds bad but it just fits this game perfectly um so I finished that and I, I this is not something I usually do but I did go back and like play a lot of the levels again try to get more more of the the secrets the hidden things and uh and I'm still playing that from time to time but it's pretty much shelved um but I was so into it in fact that there uh an iPad game just came out called uh, Jungle Run okay and all it is is tapping obviously and in this case, Rayman constantly is running forward. So all you can do is just jump and use his spin thing in the environment. And the same, and the levels are like 30 seconds long and you're collecting the thing. And it was just, again, the, the mechanics are so good that even as an iPad game for about two days straight, that was the only thing I played. Like I was so hooked on it. Um, and what's kind of beautiful about the game overall is each level is set out where, yeah, you can take time and sniff the roses, but you could probably hold down right the entire time on the analog stick and jump and do like this perfect uh, run of each level yeah. um, and as my, really... As my father used to say, just run right through it. Right. Yeah, and you could. <laughs> and in fact, one of the things for each level is there's a time trial and it's not perfect, but like, oh, okay. you know, it might take me 10 minutes to look at through every nook and cranny of a level and the time trial may be a minute and a half. And when you actually like bear down and say, can I do it? Yeah, you can. Like, it's not ridiculous to actually um, do it. So that was great. So I can't wait to go back and play other Rayman games. I hope they're not disappointing and this is like some weird swan song where the other ones were like, eh, this is kind of right. cute but not awesome. Um, and there's another one coming out but for the Wii U called um, Legacy, I think. Oh, okay. Um, same style but with the Wii U, so we'll see how that, that goes. Um, cool. 
So yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Pretty cheap now, so worth taking a look at. Um, and I had one other uh, major thing, if you didn't have anything else, um, or if you did, but I played and finished Syndicate um, for, I played on the PC, um, but I'm sure it's the same as the 360 and PlayStation 3 version. It was fun. Um, I actually played the original Syndicate on PC. It has a few throwbacks just in kind of the environment and like the way things look and like in the original game, you had this thing called the Persuadatron, which let the people follow you. And like in this game, um, you had different skills and one of them was Persuade, so you can make someone be on your side. Um, it was a weird game in that it starts off and you're like overpowered, like you're stronger than everything. You can slow down time. Um, and then you have these three skills. One is suicide. So you can just pick any enemy, make them kill themselves and they kill themselves with a grenade. So any other enemies close by die. Um, there's backfire, which makes like their weapons explode and they fall on the ground and then persuade, which makes them want to kill their friends. And each one has like a cool down and the more cool stuff you do, the quicker it kind of speeds up. So when you start off, you have all these powers and you're dominating everything. Um, and then for like story wise, you lose your powers and it becomes oh, like a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes a little bit more tactical and it's kind of like the game's so short. I don't even know why they take it away. Right. Um, and then when they give it back to you. The enemies are much harder and the game actually became more strategic in a good way. Like you would have to hide. All right, this guy I want to persuade to be on my team. So he's shooting them from behind. And then on the other side of the room, I'll make them backfire and take them out. So it got a little bit more interesting. And then it was kind of cool at the end. Like you can take over turrets and like flying drones and stuff. And there's just an instance where... They want you to take over a couple guys, a drone, and you're just like marching through like the big bad end place and just you have waves of guys following you. You're mowing down everything in sight and it's really kind of cool. Um, the biggest down, oh, the funny thing, Brian Cox is in it and okay. not only is he voicing it, it is him. It's Brian Cox nice. in video format and he's just like the same Brian Cox from X-Men 2 and every sinister Brian Cox there is. So even just seeing him, you know, like the twist in, you know, Brian Cox as a slimy corporate guy, yeah, you know right. where that's going. Um, the, the My only complaint with it is the, there's a sort of a lot of boss fights for a first person shooter, which in my book is never a good thing. And Circle strafing kind of boss fights? Yes. Well, no, circle strafing, but okay. they're never really big things. They're other agents. So you're just fighting another human oh, okay. and they're agile and they run around and like, there's not really ever a trick most of the time. Like it's just, they have a lot more health. So you have to shoot them and then run behind cover and hope that they get caught on the geometry so they don't come around and kill you. And right. it just was, you know, the game, if you if you took your time, you wouldn't die. But on the bosses, it just came to a screeching halt because it was like, all right, I got to just do this 10 times until the time happens that he doesn't run up on me and shotgun me in oh, the face. Okay. And it's not that I did anything different. It's just, yeah. okay, that time he didn't get to me in time or I could... So... Um, but cool, again, all of these first-person shooters now are six hours, and I'm not a, a snob at all, so I'll kind of play through, especially a first-person shooter done well yeah. for a couple hours is a good palate cleanser. So Yeah, I actually, uh, um, last Saturday, I played through Killzone 2, which was, uh, you know, 
uh, not on on the level intelligence wise that right. I'm guessing Syndicate was, but uh, yeah, it was fun, and, and it also had Brian Cox. See, you know? yeah, I know <laughs> Brian Cox and Nolan North, and uh, that's all you need. But that game was getting kind of it was just wearing me out. By the time I got to the end, there's like a part where you have to siege like the enemy base, and it's like there's this long ass thing in front of the base, and so like your second to last mission is like secure the promenade. So I just like did a left, like right. took a left flank and ran the hell to the front door. And it's oh, like, yeah. check objective Oh, right, completed. yeah. That's like the <laughs> Call of Duty thing where it's like, if you can't finish, you just got to run to the next checkpoint. Right, flank. exactly. Now, without belaboring it, but Killzone 2, that was one where they first started. It was more Call of Duty-ish, right? Like you had oh, guys yeah. with you. Well, because the oh, first yeah. one, I don't know if you ever played, but that was like a Doom dungeon crawler. Yes. Or, or... I played it. I, didn't, I never finished that game, yeah. but I have played okay. it. Okay, yeah. and two, they had chatter and macho radio stuff. Uh, yes, and... exactly. Okay. No strategic or RTS kind of right, stuff at all. Right. It's still just a brainless right. person shooter. But, but like yeah, Gears of war like feel. Yeah, yeah exactly. okay. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Um. All right, is there anything else that you, uh... No, I mean, all right, well, we'll just move on to some pickups, actually. because I went garage sailing nice. on my own for the first time in maybe years. Did you wander or did you look stuff up? I actually saw one. I, I have a part-time job on the weekends and I saw one in town on my way to work. So I stopped uh, on the way home or after I got home, I just went back out so I could be alone. And um, the first thing I got was a tape gun, which I've been looking <laughs> for a tape go. gun for a long <laughs> ass time. Because when you sell and trade games, right, you do a right. lot of shipping. <laughs> so uh, I got a nice uh, industrial tape gun for 50 cents, and that got me in the mood, man. I was really psyched after <laughs> that. But no, I went to uh, this other one, uh, and to my surprise, they had games, like right off the bat. It was, uh, there were a lot of kids' games. It was two young kids, but... Uh, I got uh, Spyro the Dragon, the first one, Greatest Hits, which is not rare or, or anything. Mm -hmm. But I got Spyro 2, Black Label, which is somewhat rare. It's worth a few bucks. And uh, the lady, she wanted five bucks a piece, for, which is laughable for all these shitty games right, that yeah. she had. But um, I talked her down to four a piece for, the, for each of the Spyros. Now, so. I've, never played, I've never played a Spyro game no, me neither. But uh, you know, knowing the uh, yeah. insomniac All right. pedigree, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they're pretty decent. Yeah, sure, sure. I'll let you know. One of the, you know, I'll have them on my list. That's right. Days. When you get to that. Um, oh, I see you have some other stuff. But oh, it's Eternal Champions. I see you have on the outline here. <laughs> yeah, and Blades of Steel. Well, you know, Blades of Steel, I'm familiar with. But Eternal <laughs> Champions, like I said, I never owned a Genesis. Yeah. But I remember. I guess maybe I was getting Game Pro or something like that at the time, and I remember the spreads for Eternal Champions and the amount of moves each guy potentially. I mean, each guy had like twenty 
special moves. Oh, yeah? That's cool. If I, I remember dude, correctly. I, I didn't even... It's still sitting on top oh, of my, my TV goodness. to uh, clean it and test I'm it I'm dying out. to see what and that I, is I like. have a six-button controller for Genesis, oh, all right. too, so... All right. Be, uh, so you could play Street Fighter 2 also, and that would be... Yeah, right. exactly, without having to hit start to change the punches. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, but my big... Uh, I think my big find over the weekend, which my friend Doris from work picked up for me, was a, uh, a GameCube wireless WaveBird controller. Yeah, nice. Which, uh, it's a little beat up, not in the best condition, and I haven't even taken it home to test it yet, so I hope it works, yeah. but she picked up that. She picked... Now they're not making more of those, and that's the best way to play GameCube stuff. Yeah. And, pr- and probably most Wii, you know, Wii stuff that you can play. Right, right. Um, that way so yeah that's pretty cool um this is just a little thing i see blades of steel you talked about i think everyone knows blades of steel but um an interesting thing about blades of steel i think this is true that if you remember in the halftime of blades and steel of blades of steel yeah. you play gradius okay i was gonna say galaga uh it's yeah gradius, it's gradius okay. because it was all um the same Con- company konami, yeah right, konami right. um and it turns out that konami owns the rights or the trademark or the patent i guess the patent for playing a game inside a game oh, from yeah, blades of steel and actually yeah. i believe geometry wars was i but this has actually come up only in current generations but i believe companies have gotten sued for having games during low times uh during their oh, games wow. now so um, how did game like the just off the top of my head, like Shenmue has that. Like, I wonder how did they... Yeah, I don't know if they didn't pursue it right, until right. now. And and I want to say that it was Geometry Wars was, I think, some sort of weird bonus with a racing game. And I, I, I was never into racing games, but I don't know. But that's where the first Geometry Wars came from. And I think that's where it kind of came oh, okay. up in. If you get into the the world of video game patents, it's a really screwed up place. Um, way more so than you would even think. Like... If you think about the Nintendo Deep, the Nintendo NES controller D-pad, right. is there any other D-pad that physically looks like that? No, no they have a patent not. on a cross. Literal, I mean literally. Yeah. Yeah. The PlayStation the has the triangles. The, 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 the Xbox right, has right. a circle around it. Um, you cannot make a plus controller. Nintendo owns that. Wow. So it's pretty. I would say it's crazy, but then you hear about more and more of it, and that's just the way it is. No, that's pretty neat, though, and that's definitely stuff that we can uh, research and delve into. Right, more. yeah, because I kind of like that arcane, arcana stuff with video games. Absolutely. Um, um, I don't usually have a lot of pickups because I have a, a huge backlog, and I'm kind of feeding off what I have, but I did recently pick up for the PC. Um, the internet is a bit abuzz about this, which is why I checked it out but ftl it's called um oh yeah and faster it's than faster than light um bomb guys talking about yeah that. so i i just know what it's about that it's sort of a roguelike in space where your decisions can have really quick and deadly uh for your crew consequences so i'm gonna play that next week and yeah it looks really be. neat i actually looked up uh I watched like a just a promo video on it. Yeah. Have you seen what it looks like? At all? Yeah, I've watched some of the quick look, and I yeah, had been hearing. Yeah. Um, I listen to the PC Gamer podcast sometimes. Okay. Um, the UK one, which just because I like their accents. Um, <laughs> and in the UK, they call betas betas. I don't know why. Nice. So the beta. So anyway, but they had been talking about it when they were in the beta for it. So uh, that's how I first heard about it. So I'll I'll be playing that um, this week, and also uh, this week we're both. Uh, delving into Saturn to get ready for our next show. So I uh, just those websites you mentioned, I've been kind of looking up 
the games to play and uh, oh, okay. they re- I had never owned or played a Saturn so I'm very excited to go back and see what's there like I said full disclosure I'm emulating it because I don't have a Saturn Sean does have a Saturn yeah um, and full disclosure uh, yeah full disclosure full disclosure uh, we don't endorse any kind of piracy uh, or whatever but that's the reality. In light of that, for, I had my Saturn uh, right, modded. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, older consoles. I don't think. Yeah. So that's how uh, I'm playing, uh, quote unquote, backups. Right. Saturn. So. Right. So if you're wondering, oh, you got Magic Knight Ray Earth. No, I, I right. wish. I right. wish I owned a copy of Magic Knight Ray Earth. But yeah. No, I don't actually. Yeah. Um, So, I guess what I, I'm going to talk about the last story. Yeah, you, this is your current pickup, and yeah. I'm holding it because now we're always trading games, not trading, borrowing to games borrow. back and yes. forth, so yes. this list will be, again, on my short stack of things to play. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, like, by the time I play Syndicate and by the time you play this, maybe we could give, like, a second opinion. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Okay, uh, so the last story is a... Uh, is one of the uh, last, uh, it's one of these three RPGs that people lobbied to get uh, released in the United States for the Wii. The first one being uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, then the last story, and the third one is Pandora's Tower, which so far does not have a U.S. release set, but right. who knows, maybe And it's day. because they were all by story, you know, Xeno, everyone's clamoring for Xeno mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. even though really only the first Xeno Gears game is any good and even that <laughs> retroactively is a long shot um but the last story i see is a sakaguchi and then uh nobu uimetsu yep. the music from final fantasy um and sakaguchi from final fantasy right yes. um so and also um sakaguchi people other than final fantasy will know from his Mistwalker studios games uh blue dragon and lost odyssey right now i have not played either one of those and i've never played a final fantasy right and we'll right. get into that later right. but uh so i'm kind of coming at this game with a little bit of a fresher perspective than some like rpg veterans might be right but the thing with the game is that uh it's really fun because it has like a hack and slash kind of uh, combat system. All the battles take place in the game world. You're not whisked away to an arena, and they're all in real time. You have a uh, you have your main character Zale, and he kind of is striving to be more than he is, which is uh, a mercenary. So it's you and your band of mercenaries, and you want a better life for everybody and. Um, I'm looking at the concept art here. You don't look like your kids, which is no, something adult characters, that which is kind of cool. I know it's kind of a cliche, but it does get annoying, and yeah, I think no, the after... plucky teens, I, you know, I can only stomach so much of. So that's nice. Yeah, after playing like Eternal Sonata, Chrono Trigger, Radiata Stories, Suicoda, and right. they're, they're all you know the main characters are children. So this is. Uh, I think one of the first RPGs I've played so far, the first Japanese RPG. Yeah, well, the, there's um, not too many, yeah. main characters are all adults. Um, there's this cool, like, like, the game is easy overall, and the reason for this, I think, is that there's, like, 
you have a life bar, but you have five lives. So you can So actually... what happens when you die? Do you restart the battle or the room you're in? No, when you die, it's game over. When you die, you just go to your next life. And the battle keeps going. Immediately, so nothing yes, happens. Yeah, like you'll get knocked down uh -huh. and out for a couple right, of seconds. Right, right, right. And then you can, you revive yourself. Okay. When you lose your five lives, it's game over. Then you re- How, okay, so how do you get more lives, or do you? Uh, later in the game, there's spells that you can have your, um, oh, your, everything regenerates after you win the battle. That's what makes oh. it even easier. So you're not there's you're not running around looking for health potions oh, after a really tough battle. Okay. Everything regenerates. Which is sort of a, a I think that's the way things are going now because I know Final Fantasy 13. I haven't played it, but I heard that the same. If you lose a battle, sort of like you just start that battle again. Okay. Um, so I think they're trying to take some of the frustration out of. I mean. I don't think many people are playing RPGs for the difficulty. I mean, it's for the battle system, it's for the story. So, again, there's been times where you've gotten, a person can get hung up on a battle. And you know what? There's not that sense of accomplishment. To sit there for three more hours and grind mm -hmm. doesn't make me feel better about beating the boss. I right. would have just so. Oh, and speaking of grinding, there's these cool, like your, um, your character has this summon ability. And when you find like a, a summon circle, you can just go in it and start a battle oh. so you can actually it's it's almost again i keep harping on sui coden because i just played that recently too but it's almost like where you're, if you're not at an appropriate level you will level up really quick right just by grinding right, a little right, bit right. you know what i mean yeah so you can every time i found a summon circle i would just uh, you know fight a bunch of battles for like 10 minutes and not only was it fun because the combat system is so much fun, hmm. but then you gain you know three or four levels. Now you're that. you have people with you have um, other characters with you. Yes, yeah, so you have a party, and as you go, you you unlock uh, the ability to do like a, t a top down like it, it almost brings it back to the RPG thing where you're doing like a top down command base kind of telling your your support you set people. that up before the battle like what behaviors you want them to follow or you pause the battle and say okay you got to yeah, cast no, fire you're just now doing it in the battle oh like, okay you, you um you hold the up on the d-pad and I, pl I played this game with the classic controller only mm -hmm. um if i knew i was going to review it like this i would have tried the uh, controller and nunchuck but yeah i didn't but that those are the options so uh yeah, just hitting up on the D-pad brings you, just pulls you up into this overhead menu, and you're just moving your cursor around. Cool. And, and does it pause? When yeah, you, oh, exactly. okay. You okay. All the time in the world and how many that. people are with you at once? It's uh, between four, and then sometimes you get more, but there's a lot of like th uh, throwaway characters that you can't uh, yeah. control. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you, you'll be in a castle and like. You have eight knights in your party. Right. But that's not... It's yeah, so yeah. minor at that point. But usually your party is like four to six people. Okay. And if I... Real quick, I got to tell this funny story. When I was playing the game, I'm like near the end. It's this was like real dramatic part where uh, your party breaks up and you actually play as a different people oh, cool, at the party yeah. mm -hmm. for the first time in the game. And um, I'm in this one part where I'm as this main character named Seren. And... Um, I noticed that she only has one of her five lives. 
I'm like, oh, that's weird. They must have done that to like make this hard or something, you know? So yeah. I get through that part and it's really hard. And then I got through it and then it shifts to a different person and it's like easy as hell because he has all five right. of his lives. Then it shifts back to Seren and she still only has one life. And it's like these two big like mini bosses come out and I'm like, no fucking way. There's <laughs> no fucking way. I was, and I'm playing it, I'm like flipping out because I'm like, I'm not going to finish this game. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, this game was so well designed. Right. Like, so, like, the pacing, everything was perfect. Like, what the fuck is going on here? So I look at a, a walk, I, I, I go on uh, YouTube and look at a, a walkthrough, mm -hmm. a playthrough or whatever. And uh, the first thing I notice is the guy doing the playthrough is, like, ten levels under where I was. Oh, right. So I'm like, holy shit, I should be overpowered. Right. And, uh... The next thing I notice is that when he gets to the part that I'm at, he has all five of the lives. So I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I, I reverted to my old save because there was a boss before where I was. And I said, well, maybe I did that wrong. <laughs> so I beat that boss again, got to the same part, same fucking results. So dude, finally, I'm so stupid. Like, I realized I had this sword on her with oh. an attribute of... Oh, that was a trade-off, huh? Yeah, users' lives reduced right. to one. And I was like, God damn. Was so, the sword that awesome? No, I mean, it, it was a powerful sword, but yeah, it wasn't Not like, worth four extra lives. No, absolutely <laughs> Minus not. four lives. And, I, and then I thought, oh man, wouldn't it have been a cool if I got through that part right. with one life? But no, nope, not even, not no worth way it. in hell. Huh. So you finished the game? Finished the game. Um, the, the ending of the game got a little to that point where it's like, okay, how many final bosses right. are there? How many long cutscenes and final bosses are there? It's like, all right, just roll the credits already. Yeah. But it, it's a 25-hour game, so I can't complain about yeah. the length of it. It was very nice. Now, there are a lot of side stuff for people that like that, you know, like uh, an arena or, you, you know. Yeah, there is an arena and there is there are side quests. They're mostly fetch quests. Mm-hmm. And there's no, like, system, a lot of people have complained about this, there's no system to keep track of your side quests. See, no yeah, menu. that, which is nothing quicker for me to not want to do it. Right, because right. Because what I, unless I go out the second I hear it, I'm not going to go. I actually did one, I, when I told you, like, oh, I'm doing some side quests too, I think what I was doing was actually main quests. Oh, because, okay. Because um, it just, it, they kind of seem like side quests. I don't even know, but I didn't do any of these, like, Oh, please, won't you help me? I need, uh, you know, a wick for my candle right. or whatever. It's yeah. like, no, sorry. Yeah. Now, is there an overworld in the game, or is it like point to point, or or the what's the traversal? You know, the whole thing takes place. There's like there's like a map screen, and everything is. Um, you can fast travel to anything that you've been to. Okay. So you don't. There's no overworld because it's it, it all takes place in this one city, and then all the dungeons are kind of like off in the margins of the map. So it's sort of like Fable too. Like I mean, if people have played yeah, that, kind of yeah, like actually, everything yeah. connects, but mm -hmm. there's not like overworld, and then you load into a town, and then you load into the overworld, and then you walk to the dungeon, and then now you're in the dungeon. Yeah, no, it's not like it's not traditional in that way. Mm -hmm. Like it's definitely, and I I like the way it was like. You spend a lot of time going from the castle back to your home base, which is this tavern, and they're on opposite sides of the town. So just being able to go into the pause menu and fast travel back and yeah. forth was cool. Yeah, which is what if you, you know, uh, we'll talk about how you're newer to role-playing games, but that's like a Western RPG 
thing is fast travel. Um, it's rarely in Japanese RPGs. So, but mm. it's nice because walking around isn't really that fun. I don't care how nice the world <laughs> looks when I'm spending 40 <laughs> hours in it. I only need to see it right. once. So, yeah, cool. Well, that sounds good. So I'm I'm interested and excited to play that one. Yeah, um, definitely. I loved it. I thought it was a great game and. Uh, you know, I, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about it, being a, a grizzled RPG right. veteran. Right, right, Yeah, I, not to do uh, history for this whole show, but I've been playing role-playing games from the beginning. I mean, I grew up on what uh, Japanese role-playing games, because even though I was a PC gamer, I wasn't a role-playing gamer, so like I didn't play Ultima or you know wizardry or stuff like that uh i played around a little bit but that wasn't my bread and butter so it was really dragon quest and final fantasies and all through the super nintendo like everyone else chrono triggers and stuff so again my tolerance for inane dialogue and 40 hours of um jrpgs i can't stomach as much so that's why sometimes i don't think i'm gonna like it but that one sounds different so yeah cool looks good Um, now let's go into, um, I want to go into, this is like a fun section, um, but like the retro memories section, I think, like I said, saying we, I gave one, which was not even the one I was thinking about of playing civilization one with my father, but, um, one that, (laughs) this is kind of a funny one, but I, I think it kind of speaks to something bigger with video games when we were kind of starting out, but um you would obviously rent a lot more video games and we would always rent from um royal video which was our local store um before blockbuster um and a cool aspect of that is i would rent rpgs a lot i remember renting dragon quest before i owned it and since there were two save slots you usually had the person who played it last um the last last guy who rented it and in this when i rented dragon warrior um it was the person's name was fart man (laughs) right all capital letters (laughs) so what was kind of cool is like you would go see fart man and he was pretty far in the game and like you could play around and try everything (laughs) out and then you would but i wouldn't delete it like i would then play on the second save and then i rented the game later like weeks or months later and fart man was still there so it was almost like this communal playing of dragon warrior just leaving them there leaving fart i mean i guess because it was funny or what um but you know i think it's worth talking about more maybe another time but the the rental aspect i think was a huge deal i mean mm-hmm. i think a lot of friday nights were sort of like i'm gonna you know yeah. i'm gonna go out my parents are gonna rent a movie i'm gonna get a video game it might be complete crap but you know and mm-hmm. get to try it out and uh but yeah fart man i'll never forget all capital letters fart man uh, and that was that was literally my first introduction i think to a role-playing game was with fart man and dragon quest yeah mine was definitely uh again like i i that was the only rpg i played until about six months ago for my entire <laughs> yeah. life and uh 
I still like that game, and I still actually. I do too. I still play it every year, believe it or not. Oh, I will play awesome. through it. I, yeah. I haven't gone through it. Like, I've just, you know, fired it up and yeah. messed around, kill a few slimes. Yeah. But uh, I actually think now I wanted to ask you about this because, like, I was thinking, like, oh, it would be cool if I had anything from my original collection, like when I was a kid or mm-hmm. whatever. But I have that. Um, explorer's handbook oh yeah to me mm-hmm. now where i know you got that from somebody else but did that like that came that from that was either from nintendo power or when you got the game free with nintendo power right. um, the one you gave to me was that one of ours that just circulated back yes so that's awesome like that yeah i was thinking about like it's so cool to hear that right now yeah because that is making me think that like that was an original piece yeah that was one of the first things that i own again yeah. getting it free from nintendo Power, right and now i have that it's like one yeah. of my most cherished yeah uh, i may still i should check i may still have if you remember i used to laminate everything yeah. so i had a lot of laminated maps of nintendo roleplay zelda maps yeah from the pullout yeah. like the centerfold pullout from nintendo power uh, dra- now dragon warrior is one of the only nostalgic collector's items i have i have a boxed Dragon Warrior with all the inserts, the the oh, styrofoam cool. thing, so the game sat upright, the ads, the thing for Nintendo Power. Yeah. Um, so I that's actually, just I just cool. have the cart, and I yeah. have that, again, that Explorer's Handbook, which yeah. is just so cool. Yeah, yep. I would, <laughs> this is uh, another, well, I have mostly retro memories, but I would go through that Explorer's Handbook and not trace, but copy all the swords and shields as like drawing and <laughs> yeah. like i would draw the whole inventory of the entire game just based off that that's awesome yeah somebody should i'm sure it's already on the internet i was gonna say somebody should scan that and yeah it's, it's definitely worth checking out it's yeah so cool. and it also came with i don't know if yeah, i laminated it but it was like an index card and it was each level how many experience points you needed what spell you got how what how your stats increased and stuff like that and it was sort of and it would be like what areas could you go to so like i would have the map and then the index oh, okay. cards so would be like all right level 13 now i can go to rimular and get my key and like <laughs> right yeah so awesome, and to this man. day like you know how just sort of like the konami code like you have this thing running in your head and like right. when i'm playing dragon quest or dragon warrior i know all right level three you go to the Erdrix cave, level five, you can go to the first town, level six, you go to this place, then you get the copper sword. You can, like, yeah. I, that game is like a puzzle in my head that I can close my eyes and see, like, where you go, what level, what you buy, and, and that kind of thing. That's awesome. I'm going to have to play it. Like I, like I said, I've been intending to play it again. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to do that. And it's, an, it's funny because it's short. Like, when I was a kid, I think it, it probably took me months and months and months, and I thought it yeah. was like, yeah. sometimes it's like, I remember I had to grind for three days to get enough <laughs> gold for this armor, and then, like, you play it again. It's like, oh, yeah, that was, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> like, right. it's just so, it, it's, I still think it's playable. I mean, it's simple, but in that way it is it is perfect there's something about the totally unadulterated you are one person you hit an enemy okay so i hit an enemy for five hit points i gain a level i hit him for 10 hit points there's no there's no shorter or closed feedback loop than that i am immediately better than i was a minute ago and i think that's what kind of draws me to that game in particular, because it's like, all right, I couldn't kill a, sc- a scorpion, now I can, yeah. and in another level, he doesn't even touch me anymore. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, just that awesome. that immediate how kind of good you get. 
Yeah, and that's something that I'm totally attaching to in, with RPGs in general is that, you know, obviously the character progression and changing your characters and, you know, because of that, I'm actually a big grinder in most of the games I play. Like, I, and maybe this is a shitty way to play these games. Like, some people tell me, like, how could you do that? I like the, you gotta have a challenge or something. But I tend to, like, power grind my way through these games just so yeah. I can, like, really kick ass. Yeah, you know? I like the character progression, not, not story-wise, but just, like, I'm getting better. Yeah, I'm exactly. better at doing this and easier to Or, or like, now I have the best sword available right. in the game. It's yeah. awesome. No, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Um, did you have any retro memories that you wanted to do this week? Uh, you know what? Let's just stay. Let, let's leave yours okay. for now, and I'll I'll do one the next show. Okay. I, I figured with the uh, retro memories and the uh, the Sean recommends or Jesse recommends, we could just trade off. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, but actually, I think we're probably running. Yeah. Time. You want to just wrap it up with a cheat code? Yes. All yeah. Right, cool. Um. So yeah, I played um, the original Panzer Dragoon on Saturn last Saturday night, and uh, firing up the game, I was like, man, like Star Fox 64 is one of my favorite games of all time. So I started playing Panzer Dragoon, and I'm like, holy shit, this is just like Star Fox 64, but it is a punishing game. <laughs> and, um, and it must get there quickly because it's probably about four levels or five levels yeah, long. Yeah, six levels, and I got to level two. And, <laughs> That's uh, quick. Couldn't beat the level two boss. And I was like, shit, like, I, I really want, I want to play it and finish this game. Yeah. So um, I used the following cheat code. <laughs> um, uh, so when you get to the title screen, it says press start. So you press start, and then... You're in the menu, the main menu. So you hit L L R R up, down, left, right, and that will give you invincibility throughout nice. the game. And when I say L L R R, those are the shoulder buttons. Shoulder buttons, yeah. Um, so Do you I hear use a nice that. dragon roar or something when you punch it in. Actually, it'll say like invincibility oh, mode go. right on the screen. <laughs> okay. So you'll know you did it right. Yeah. And uh, I played the game like that, and it was fun as hell. Cool. So, And if you want more of a challenge, I don't have the code on me, but you can look it up. There's a code for uh, Infinite Continues. Oh, okay. So if you want to actually play Plug the away game, at it, right, yeah. exactly. Cool. But yeah, cool game. And uh, so I think that's it, right? Excellent, yeah. That's so. uh, the inaugural episode um, of the MPC cast. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching or listening, I suppose. Um, and then... Well, we're going to try to get some back and forth interaction, but let's see if we can't just get it out first before we start oh, yeah. asking for but stuff. Please, but if you, if you have any kind of feedback about anything, even if it's some shit you want us to talk about, we're mm -hmm. down. Like, just, um, uh, you know what? Well, from wherever you downloaded this, there will be an email address that you can contact us right. through. Yeah. So, all right, everyone. Thank you very much, and uh, we will see you next time.
I like their reviews section because they're, they're, uh, they have a staff and they also have user reviews, which are usually... Hold on a minute. Doesn't that dog know we're recording? <laughs> it's all right. It's okay.